This podcast is brought to you by MediShare, affordable and biblical health care sharing. Visit MediShare.com slash unpacking it. You deserve affordable, reliable health care. It's MediShare. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast. A show that brings meaning and purpose to the fantasy season. It's our hope to help you win your league. But more importantly, we want to encourage you in your faith. Together, we'll unpack fantasy, faith, and life. Now, from his mic to your ears, here is Bryce Johnson. This is the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast. Presented by MetaShare. Together, we'll unpack fantasy, faith, and life. I'm Bryce Johnson with Harrison Zuckerberg, and we are your fantasy coaches here to encourage you and help you win while finding meaning and purpose throughout the fantasy season. We won't always be right, but we hope we'll be convincing We're a part of the Unpacking It podcast network, and I'm coming to you from the Unpacking It ministry studio in Charlotte, North Carolina, home of the Carolina Panthers. You don't want any of their players on your roster, do you? (laughs) No, we'll talk about it. Uh, DJ Moore did get into the end zone. McCaffrey needs the ball more. Uh, But we've got a full show for you as we recap week two and look toward week three. We're also... As much as we take it week in, week out, we always want to take the big picture as well. And so today's breakout topic is all about not panicking. That's right. Many of us uh, maybe have gotten off to a slow start in in one of our leagues or multiple leagues or a, a couple of your players that you were counting on. You drafted Kyle Pitts early. You were counting on him. Are you panicking today? We will encourage you. Uh, in a in a larger sense, not to panic about your fantasy team, but then also how that relates to life and faith and, and how we don't have to panic in life as much as we want to, as much as things creep into our lives, the challenges, the discouragement. Uh, we don't have to panic because uh, God loves us and, and gives us peace and hope. And so we'll get into that in, in just a little bit. Uh, we're Fantasy Football Fellowship. Each week throughout the season, we do a breakout here on this podcast, but we also have content available to you that takes fantasy concepts, relates them to the Bible, relates them to our own lives. They're designed for you and your league to discuss during league meetings. Uh, I had a league meeting last night. It was awesome. Really good conversation. Uh, I'll I'll have another one on Thursday uh, at at noon. And and so encourage you to, uh, to check out the content, become a member, and then get your league to be involved as well. So that is fantasyfootballfellowship.com. Today on the show, we will do peace or panic. We will also do what we're convinced of. We'll give you some waiver wire suggestions. I would say it's a little light on, on, the, on the wire this week, uh, but we'll, we'll give you some names to, to keep an eye out for. And, and then we'll also uh, take a look at a couple of the players that had kind of big weeks do we expect that to happen again? Some of the maybe you know wide receiver two or three on different teams, uh, can we count on that moving forward? And as always, we'll do accountability 
and we'll let you know where we where we missed, and we'll do a little woulda, coulda, shoulda. Uh, so we'll have some fun. Uh, we are brought to you by MediShare. Uh, thank you to MediShare. If you're looking for an affordable, reliable healthcare option that you can trust, check out MediShare today. MediShare.com slash unpacking it. MediShare has plenty of options for you, and, and so figure out what's the right fit. Uh, on average, members save 50% or more on their health care costs. So check out MediShare.com slash unpacking it. All right, last thing. If you are watching us live, we are live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. Uh, leave your comments, your questions throughout the show. We'll try to get to those. Uh, and then those of you that listen to the podcast later, you can always email us, fantasy at unpackingit.com. Fantasy at unpackingit.com. So week two turned out to be all about big time performances. There weren't a lot of solid performances across the board. No, it was about big time performances. We're talking Miami Dolphins, Cooper Cup, Nick Chubb, Jalen Hurts, Stefan Diggs, monster, monster games. And so we will begin our show. We'll say hello to Harrison Zuckerberg with some fantasy shenanigans. And all of us were, were, were affected probably by one of these players affecting an outcome. And I, I can say, other than Cooper Cup, I didn't have any of the big performer, performances. So I did not have Tyreek Hill. I did not have Jalen Waddle. I did not have Tua. So I, I didn't I didn't enjoy any of that. Stefan Diggs not on my rosters, and and so uh, I lost because of some of that. And, and and amazingly so, I actually had Lamar Jackson and still lost. So that was disappointing <laughs> to say the least. But but it was a a wild scoring, uh, just kind of outburst. And so Harrison, how are you doing? And and how did some of these uh, these crazy performances affect you? I'm doing great. I I got both sides of the sword here. One. One guy had who I was playing had both. Um, he had Tyreek Hill and Lamar Jackson, which oh, killed me because I put up I put up 135 points, which I thought was a pretty good week. I had Aaron Jones, I was doing great, but then all of a sudden, you know, back to back drives, Tyreek Hill goes for 60 and 50 yard TDs. Lamar Jackson has a 78 yard rushing touchdown, and my my day's done right there. I know I'm not going to be able to recover, but no. then on the flip side, you know. Monday night football, we know about the magic of Monday night football. I was down by 50 points going oh. into my Monday night football matchup, and the guy I was playing had Derrick Henry too. So I thought, there's no way I'm going to win this matchup. Like, I'm not going to get, you know, 80 points from Jalen Hurts and Stephon Diggs. But that's exactly <laughs> what happened. I got 80 combined points from Stephon Diggs and Jalen Hurts and ended up winning my matchup by 20 points. Absolutely wow. unbelievable. You know, I was, I had a lot of work to do last night. So I was kind of checked out for Monday night. I wasn't really looking at the scores because I knew I was down by so much. And I saw Stefan Diggs had one touchdown. I'm like, all right, that's nice, but it's not going to make up for the rest. And then I checked the box score and see that he has three touchdowns. I'm like, oh, I actually have a shot at this thing. And Jalen Hurts is going crazy against the Vikings. Wow, I could actually pull this off. So it was an unbelievable night for me to go from being completely out of it to then winning by 20 points because of two games. And you are not alone because I'm sure a lot of people experienced uh, one side of that. And, and and here's kind of the question following this weekend with these big outbursts. Which of these players do you expect this to be more of a regular thing? 
And, and I think for me, the one guy that I think we can count on week in, week out, it's Jalen Hurts. Because he his ability to run and throw and the weapons around him and the Eagles showed last night how legit they are. Actually, I'd say Josh Allen, too. I think to me, both of those quarterbacks are just so reliable, unbelievably difficult to stop. And to have Stephon Diggs and then A.J. Brown got a little banged up, but but to me, there's still enough around around Jalen Hurts in Philly that I feel good about both those guys. Whereas I'm still always hesitant with the boomer bust wide receivers like Tyreek Hill. I, I still, he always makes me nervous because we saw it in Kansas City too. There would just be games where he just would kind of be non-existent. And so he'll have the monster games. Awesome. You can win those weeks. And then there's some weeks where it's like, wait, I don't know. Um, so we'll see next week. Miami against Buffalo is going to be one of those great matchups that we all anticipate in a big way. Uh, but for you, Harrison, which of those kind of big-time performances do you expect to be more regular versus abnormal? Yeah, so I expect the ones from the wide receivers like Diggs and Cup and even Waddle and Hill, I'm starting to feel that they're going to be pretty regular because of the way that they're getting the ball. While it was really nice that Hill had the you know two deep passes, he can still score 20 points without those deep passes by just them, you know, getting the ball in his hands in short yarded situations and just manufacturing him touches in the offense. So I think there's a safer floor for Hill in the Miami offense than there is in the Kansas city offense in years past. He was purely just, you know, deep threat, run down the field, Mahomes go find him. Um, one guy who I'm not so certain will be able to continue his momentum is Nick Chubb. Mm. And that's because he doesn't really catch the ball a lot. It came off of, you know, three touchdowns where just the week prior we saw Kareem Hunt get two touchdowns. So we know Kareem Hunt can vulture the touchdowns from him. You know, the Browns have played back-to-back -back weeks. They played the Jets and they played the Panthers. You know, even though the Jets won this game, Jets don't have the greatest defense in the world. Neither do the Panthers. We'll have to see if Chubb can still be productive at this level when they play an actual NFL team in some of the upcoming weeks. Absolutely. So uh, we'd love to hear from you, those of you that are listening live. What were the shenanigans from your fantasy weekend? Uh, Josh writes in, I, I benched Drake London for Kenyon Drake, uh, which is hilarious to have the Drake connection there. Uh, but Drake London, wow. Big, big time game for him. Uh, I'll share about him in just a little bit. Uh, and then some sh shenanigans for me. Uh, Russell Wilson is driving me nuts. So through two weeks, I'm, I'm desperate for quarterback help. Kirk Cousins also hurt me last night. Uh, that was very disappointing. And, of course, I went up against Garrett Wilson. Somebody actually started Garrett Wilson in week two, and he drops 30 points. Uh, so that to, to get that kind of production out of your flex spot, kind of a, a what-the-heck flex, and, and so that was disappointing for me. Um, and then also, just some shenanigans across the league. Carson Wentz, Joe Flacco, and Jared Goff were top quarterbacks this week. Even throw Jimmy G to a certain extent, but those guys, I mean, who nobody expected that for Carson Wentz to start this year with two impressive fantasy performances. Oh, the guy, the the guy cost is, me a championship last yeah. year. The so key I, there I, is fantasy performances, though. That's right. Carson Wentz, I don't know if you can say those have been good NFL performances the last <laughs> few weeks, but fantasy, he has thrown a lot of touchdowns. And and one other thing to to note just overall. Only 14 running backs scored in double figures. And so this was the really the weekend of wide receivers. And actually, last week was to a certain extent, too, uh, especially top guys. 
But this this week we saw even I mean it was a deeper pool I guess from from the wide receiver position. But we're still we're still wondering about tight ends. We're still wondering about running backs. Kind of after that that top fourteen. Um, and so I, I know that you you took notice of of this as well. Yeah, because I'm looking at my teams right now, and usually we like to go really running back heavy in the first yes. couple rounds. And, you know, in a lot of my leagues, I did that. But in other leagues, I took Cooper Cup and Stephon Diggs in the first round just because where I was in the draft order, that was where the value was. And looking at it now, I'm going to read you the top highest scoring, you know, non-quarterback players so far this season through two weeks. Number one is Diggs. Then we have Cup, Tyreek Hill, Amon Ross St. Brown, Jalen Waddell, and Justin Jefferson. They're all receivers. And then after that is Nick Chubb, who I think is going to fall off as well. You look at the top 20 scoring players, only five of them are running backs. Mm. So are we going to have to reevaluate after this season, you know, the trends in the NFL and see maybe, you know, the first round, usually we see seven, eight running backs with one or two receivers. Are we going to see seven, eight receivers with maybe one or two running backs because receivers are being utilized so much in the NFL? It's not just, you know, go out when you're one-on-one matchup and maybe I'll find you. It's we're going to get the ball in your hands on a jet sweep. We're going to run a screen pass for you. We're going to find all these creative ways to get the ball in your hand in space, almost like we do with running backs, but they get points for the reception because it's not a carry, which makes them even more valuable. Not so fast, my friend. That's right. Lee Corso is up at, up in Boone. Uh, so I got, I got Lee Corso on my mind, but, but I, I think we got to pump the brakes with with downplaying the running back. So I'm glad that we've, we 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 recognized it through 2 weeks. But we're trying to win fantasy championships. And toward the end of the season, it gets cold. Games slow down. Games get tight. Defenses kind of, you know, it just gets a little tougher toward the end of the season. Injuries start start, you know, kind of piling up and and things just offenses are a little bit slower at times. You want running backs to win fantasy championships. I still believe it. I've been playing for 19 years. I'm I'm old school when it comes to running backs, but I'm 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 stubborn too. And and so today's theme is also don't panic. We're, we're we're talking about don't panic. Don't panic with your running backs. If you can go load up on some of these top running backs that maybe people are frustrated, it, could somebody actually trade you Jonathan Taylor because they think all oh, the Colts are done. They're 0 and 2. They scored zero points last week. I don't want anything to do with Jonathan Taylor. Go get him. If you can get them on the cheap, cheaper, go get them. Austin Eckler, I'm telling you, the Chargers, they're awesome. They're going to be great down the stretch, and Eckler will be a – he will benefit toward the end. I know he hasn't put up the huge numbers yet. He will. Go get him if you can. And if you got him, hang on to him. So uh, I, I see the value of the receivers, no question about it. And really, the guy that you wanted was Amon Ross St. Brown because you got the value with him. So you 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 got him what third fourth round maybe if if not later uh so you're loving life with him but um so there you go there's some of the uh, the shenanigans uh from from week two I, I will say I had a a much worse week two than I did a week one so I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of back even right at this point not panicking on any of my teams just yet uh but but a tougher week for me for sure um all right let's uh let's do a little accountability. And, and so we always try to share kind of where we missed based on, you know, previous shows or, or what we thought we were all convinced about. Um, and so for me, I was wrong about Curtis Samuel, at least through two weeks. So I'll, I'll confess that I I still stand by my doubt in him. Um, I was also, I, I, I told everybody not to pick up any 
49ers running backs last week on the waiver wire. And then in one of my leagues, I went and picked up Jeff Wilson. And guess what? A listener called me out on it because he's in the league. And so he texted me and said, well, he's tell us not to get 49ers. Then you go snag them in our league. And so I confessed that that was, that was my bad. However, it was sort of a circumstantial that league. I was a little desperate. I need, I needed something. So I went and got Jeff Wilson who ended up, he was okay. Solid, solid first game. Um, and while I mentioned the 49ers running backs, what, where, what is your take on kind of where we're at with them? We know Trey Lance is down. Eli Mitchell's out. Uh, who do you like at this point? Yeah, so I picked up Jeff Wilson last week as well. Uh, and he was great for me. I played him in my flex because I had some running back injuries. But going forward, you know, it'll be interesting to see. We know they like to rotate running backs. Tyrion Davis-Price, their rookie third rounder, he got a lot of action this weekend. And now that Trey Lance is, you know, out of the picture for the rest of the season, Jimmy G's not going to be running the football like Trey Lance would. I think the running backs for 49ers now are going to be even more valuable than we thought. So I would have both those guys, you know, obviously not both of them on the same roster, but I would try to pick up both those guys in your leagues because, you know, one one week, one of them will go for two touchdowns. Another week, another will go for two touchdowns. It's going to be hard to know, but I still want shares in the 49ers backfield. At least at the flex spot. If you're counting on them for RB2, eh, you're probably in trouble. But uh, yeah, lower expectations, but you're right. They can pop one, one week here or there. Um, also, we've both been wrong about Cole Komet through two weeks. I don't think you drop him just yet, but you definitely can't start him. I, I think you drop him. Start him. I think you drop him. <laughs> You, uh, I mean, zero, yet. zero points and both like, I, I don't know. I don't think there's enough explosiveness in the Chicago offense. They're running the ball a lot. I, I just don't see Cole Komet having that breakout tight end season anymore, which is unfortunate, but you know, I, I think there's some better tight end waiver options than Cole Komet right now. Uh, yeah. I don't know. The, the, the tight end spot is tough. It really is. Um, all right. The one other thing to be accountable for so I'm all in. I always have been on Tony Pollard. Yet I started, the doubt crept in. Harrison kind of talked to me about the Dallas Cowboys. Luke Heaton, uh, my co-host on Monday, he's out on the Cowboys after week one. And so I started questioning Tony Pollard. So I did not start Tony Pollard this week. And of course, he had a monster game on my bench, which if I would have started him, I would have won. So very disappointing. And Harrison, maybe an apology. Can I get an apology for, for your Cowboys uh, hate last week on the show? Yes, I definitely uh, underestimated the Cowboys and Cooper Rush, but I'm, I'm still not completely sold on them because the offense didn't look great. The Bengals, though, are really concerning me now. Back-to-back -back weeks of just absolute terrible play on offense. What happened to Joe Burrow? Joe Burrow was supposed to be the next Tom Brady, greatest quarterback in the world, leading the Bengals to the Super Bowl. And now he doesn't even look like a top 20 QB in the league and the Bengals can't get anything going on offense. The Bengals are very concerning. Um, and we'll do some peace and pain. We'll, we'll put Burrow in conversation. Um, all right. We'll do a little coulda, shoulda. And, and these are kind of dumb lineup decisions. And, and we'd love to hear from you as a listener what was something that you, you wish you would have done. Uh, for me, I actually should have started Damian Harris. He had a nice game for New England, but now he's injured. So we'll see how long, if he's going to be out or if uh, Stevenson gets the, gets the start this week. So we'll keep an eye out for that. But I, I should have started Damian Harris this week. And then I also, I should have hung on to Evan Ingram a little bit longer. I gave up on him after week one because I was high on him coming into the season. 
And this was kind of silly of me uh, because he caught seven of eight targets for 46 yards. I'm still hoping to go back to the waiver wire to get him um, in a couple of leagues. But to me, that, that, that's promising. Eight targets is promising. The Jaguars' off the offense looked much better. Uh, that's kind of what I was hoping and expecting from them this year. So that was encouraging. Um, <laughs> my biggest Sunday morning uh, debate was, what do I do with Taysom Hill? Do I pick him up? Do I get him in the starting lineup? With, with Kamara out, I thought maybe they would use him in the running game after what they did week one. He was awesome, over 80 yards rushing, and then they didn't use him. They didn't use him, but guess what I did? I started him. So, the left Taysom Hill on the bench, big mistake, a whopping one point, uh, so that was disappointing. And then one other dumb move by me, one of my, actually the, my opponent this week in one of my leagues sent me a trade, Khalil Herbert for Drake London. And I had Khalil Herbert. So I did not accept that trade. And Drake London ended up having a monster game. And Khalil Her Herbert, I still trust. I still like for the, the kind of the long-term play there. Uh, but that was a big miss. So I could have traded for Drake London, and I passed on it. And uh, that's disappointing. So what's something for you? One for me is I moved Rashad Penny into my running back two slot. You know, part of this was because of injuries. I had to play someone there. Uh, Alvin Kamara ended up being injured for me. And I thought, you know what? Maybe Rashad Penny could could come in and get a nice 10 points. 1.5 points in an absolutely awful performance. Hate to see that. And then I'll throw this in the shoulda, woulda, coulda, you know, dumb decisions. But really, I had no decision here. Was I switched out Trey Lance last second for Kirk Cousins, which made me feel really good when Trey Lance got hurt, but then Kirk Cousins goes out and throws three interceptions. So I guess the best decision there for me would have just not to be, play any quarterback and just had a zero in my lineup. No kidding. Gosh. Yeah. I, ha I had Trey Lance actually starting and that was, that, that was disappointing. Um, all right. That's what I'm talking about. What, what's something that you're feeling good about? You, you feel like, man, I was right. I made the right decision. Uh, would love to hear from you as a listener as well. What, what's kind of that move that you're like, ah, glad I did that. Uh, I know for me, I'm always funny about questionable players. I, I like to keep them out of my lineup. I, I just want, you know, I want, I, I don't want a player starting that ends up being inactive at the last minute. And so with Gabe Davis being questionable all the way on Monday night, I made the choice. Hey, I'm not starting him this week. I don't care if he ends up playing in, in, in the, at the last minute. I don't want to take that risk. So I'm glad that I kept him on my bench started. I think Josh Palmer instead of him. And that worked out pretty well. Uh, the one other thing I, I got right heading into the season, I was out on the Tennessee Titans. And I'm so glad <laughs> that I avoided Titans players. Uh, I did pick up the one wide receiver on waivers this week, uh, but he ended up fumbling the ball. I can't even think of his name now. I've already forgotten him. I've already moved on. I don't want any Titans on my team. Um, so was it Phillips? Something Phillips. Kyle Phillips. Kyle yeah. Phillips from UCLA. Uh, I thought maybe he's this next Adam Thielen uh, player, but... After two, after week two, no thanks. So anyway, uh, but I, I'm I'm glad I, I'm out on the Titans. That, that could be a long season for for Derrick Henry owners, you know Robert Woods moments here there, but ah, it's it's not 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 very reliable. That's for sure. So for me, in a couple of leagues, I went in big and I got you know star tight ends Travis Kelsey, 
but in the leagues where in one league, I waited till the very last round to draft the tight end because I had Justin Herbert as my QB one. I didn't want to go tight end early as well. So I waited till the last round to take Gerald Everett to sort of pair with Herbert and get that stack. And it has worked out great for me so far. He had another double digit fantasy point week this week. I started him and I think he is going to be this year's, you know, top five breakout tight end that was going undrafted in a lot of drafts. We saw it last year with Dawson Knox kind of just being in the right place at the right time in an amazing Buffalo offense. We saw it with Dalton Schultz being right place, right time, an amazing Cowboys offense. I think Gerald Everett, he's got the, the athletic ability. Justin Herbert's been looking to him early and often in games. He's a part of their game plan. I think he's someone where if you haven't picked him up yet, you know, back-to-back double-digit point weeks for a tight end, that's all you can ask for from your tight end spot unless you have an elite guy like Andrews or Kelsey. I would go pick him up and start him this next coming week and, and lock him in as your tight end for the rest of the season. Yes, I, I'm with you. I had him on my bench, unfortunately, so I missed out on him. So we'd love to hear from everybody. Let, let us know what you feel about this week. Uh, you just kind of say, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Um, and then any other fantasy shenanigans. Uh, one quick one, we'll do our breakout. Uh, Derek writes in, uh, had a 3% chance to win in one of my other uh, ESPN leagues, headed into the last night with Hertz going and won by 0.5 points. So you always love a good half point win. Uh, always, always makes you feel good. Uh, and then also I see some of the comments coming in as far as trade uh, suggestions. We'll, we'll try to get to those uh, toward the end of the show. Uh, we'll, we'll go back to Harrison in a little bit. We'll play peace or panic with him. Uh, but right now I'm going to jump into this week's breakout where we take fantasy concepts, relate them to the Bible, relate them to our own lives. And through two weeks, it is very easy for us to begin to panic we take a look at some of our top players especially running backs especially Jonathan Taylor you're, you're thinking oh no this is going to this is a disaster I took him with the number one pick and he only had nine carries in in week two and and so now all of a sudden we're 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 worried we're we're concerned we're uh you know throwing out crazy trades to our uh you know other other league mates and, and my encouragement from a fantasy standpoint is we have to remember this is a long season. It's a long season. You have plenty of time to make up in the fantasy standings. You have to remember that bye weeks are coming up and crazy stuff happens during bye weeks because you're, you're putting in players on your bench. And when you look back throughout you know, fantasy history, th the reality is the good players like they eventually figure it out. They eventually get going other than an injury, but like the majority of them figure it out every once in a while. There's a bad quarterback situation that just doesn't work out. And it's a, it's a nightmare season, but even with the Titans, like, yeah, you might be panicking about Derrick Henry. That's, that's fair because going into the season though, there were a lot of question marks with Ryan Tannehill, Henry coming back off an injury. So you shouldn't be too surprised by that, but Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. There's some surprise there. No question about it, but don't panic. He'll figure it out. He's too good. The Colts rely on him too much to not feed the guy moving forward. So I'm not panicking on, on Jonathan Taylor just yet. And, and Kyle Pitts, Arthur Smith made a ridiculous uh, comment uh, <laughs> when somebody asked him about him. He's like, this isn't fancy football. We're trying to win. Hey, buddy, maybe you'd win if you'd get the ball to Kyle, Kyle Pitts. So don't panic about him either. And we'll, we'll list some of the other players uh, in a few minutes. But 
the, the reality is all of us have certain players, certain teams that, that we're overly concerned about, we're, we're worried about, and the key is not making any drastic, stupid decisions. It would be stupid to drop one of these top players after two weeks. It, it would be foolish to, you know, to trade one of our top guys for a, a marginal player that just happened to have a big week too because they had a really good matchup against a, a weak NFL defense. And so you have to look at look at all the factors and 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 really hold your ground. I think that's the key. Be calm, think clearly, don't do anything drastic, and don't panic. All right, so here we go. So how does this relate to our own lives? Well, we know that we all face different situations in life that lead to, you know, concern, potential worry, you know, anxiety, fear, all these things, doubts, they, they start to creep in when, when things happen. And even for me this morning, I got an email that was very discouraging and the panic was starting to creep in and I'm having to battle it today. And, and of course that would happen right before the show when I talk about panic. And, and so I have a choice to make. Am I going to trust God? Am I going to remain calm? Am I going to think clearly? Am I going to think back at God's faithfulness in my life? Am I going to remember what he says in his word and trust him and, and, and put my, my hope and faith and, and, and peace in him and stay rooted in the truth of who he is and, and what he's done for me? Or am I going to allow circumstances to cause me to panic and worry and fear. And, and then I, I start, you know, doing stupid things or, or you, you start, you know, the panic then leads to further poor decisions or you, you, you make drastic changes that if you would have just remained calm, you, you know, you wouldn't have made those. Um, and so, you know, our decision to uh, how our decision on how we respond to disappointments, discouragement, challenges is, is crucial. We, we either panic and make impatient, foolish choices, or we remain calm and hopeful. And so we can either negatively look at our circumstances and be discouraged, or look at the big picture, trust God, rely on him for guidance. And so one of the best verses in the Bible, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. He will make straight your paths. And, and so that's what we have to cling to today when there is confusion, there is a, a potential for panic. And so, you know, whether in fantasy football or in life, there, there's really no benefit to being worried or fearful or, or putting ourselves in panic mode. There's no, there's no benefit to that because we don't, we don't think right in, in that regard. And then we start doing silly stuff. And so in Philippians 4, 6, it challenges us, do not be anxious or worried about anything but in everything every circumstance and situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving continue to make your specific requests known to God and so as as things pop up in our lives and we get that discouraging email we get the frustrating phone call we're about to panic we're about to get you know worried we bring that to God in prayer and say with open hands with open heart and say God this is what's happening I need you. Help me to trust you. Give me your peace. Help me to think clearly and help me not to panic. 
And so that's what we have to do in those moments. And, and so if we follow Jesus, he gives us the strength and the peace that we need to get through any situation. We just have to rely on him. And sometimes in fantasy football, like we like to be the panic guy. We like to send the message to our group like, oh, my team's the worst. I'm done. And like we like the attention or we like the, you know, whatever that comes from that. Uh, we like to kind of get ahead of the criticism. Um, and sometimes we do this in life too, where we like to be the the one that's that's panicking and it's we want people to feel sorry for us or or whatever. And there's other things that kind of happen when we uh, allow ourselves to panic. But there's really no benefit to that. It's a silly thing to do. And so we want to be the fantasy manager that says, hey, I'm fine. I'm good. I'll make some waiver wire changes. I'll, I'll put some different players in my starting lineup. I'll look at different trade options and I'll be fine because I trust in my fantasy ability. And then as followers of Jesus, we, we have the same approach. No, I trust God. God's in this. He, he, he'll give me the strength I need. He'll give me the, the peace I need. He'll give me the clarity, the guidance that I need, and I'll be good to go. And so we trust him in that. And so 2 Timothy says, for God did not give us a spirit of timidity or cowardice or fear, but he has given us a spirit of power and of love and of sound judgment and personal discipline, abilities that result in a calm, well-balanced mind and self-control. So that's the amplified version. And so as we pray for our circumstances to change and we bring those concerns to the Lord, our attitude and our mindset can remain the same through that. Like we, we keep the same, the same mindset, the same approach, same attitude, which is rooted in peace and hope because our trust is in God and he gives us that spirit of, of power and love and of sound judgment. That's what we need as fantasy managers, and that's what we need, of course, day in, day out, that sound judgment so that we remain calm, well-balanced, and, and have self-control. So you can unpack that today. Uh, I hope that's encouraging because all of us uh, face these, these situations uh, often. And, and so life is hard. There's no question about it. But how we respond is key. And thankfully, God gives us that strength that we need. So as we think about this concept of panicking, there are some players that, that you know, it's, it's, we're, we're, it's causing us to panic. There's, there's no question about it. And we may, there are some players we need to move on from. There's, there, there's no question about it. There are some guys that need to be dropped. There are some guys that need to be traded. Uh, but the key for us today is just don't panic on your overall season. Don't give up on your overall season but there may be a player here or there. So let's go through a couple. Uh, I mentioned Kyle Pitts, Harrison. I'm not panicking just yet. Are you? I'm, I mean, I'm not panicking because I was never in on him to begin with. So this is kind of expected. But if you were expecting Kyle Pitts to be great for some reason, then yes, I would panic because everything that if you listen to this podcast, I said about why I didn't like Kyle Pitts is happening. They're in a bad offense. He's not going to score touchdowns. And he has more target competition now with drafting Drake London in the top 10 in the NFL draft. He's no longer going to get this absurd target number because Drake London's the guy there as well. So I would completely panic with Kyle Pitts. Um, you know, tight end's hard because what would you trade him for? I don't think there's a lot of people who would necessarily trade for Kyle Pitts because they could pick someone up who's gotten similar production to him thus far. So you're kind of stuck with him for the season. But I think any expectation that he was going to be a Travis Kelsey, you know, Mark Andrews type head in this season is completely gone. Yeah, but the offense actually hasn't been that bad. So to me, there's like Marcus Mariota's like shown some 
you know, movement with the ball, which is nice. Uh, but Atlanta's still not a great team. So um, I'm not, I'm, I'm a little bit more in the middle with, uh, with Pitts at the moment. Um, all right. To me, the Denver Broncos are a team that we've got to put on the, on the chopping block as far as, all right, peace, panic, or partial concern. And I'm a Russell Wilson owner, a Cortland Sutton owner, a uh, Javante Williams owner. So overall, there is partial concern that they're getting off to a slow start. But I had to look at the big picture. It's a new quarterback, new head coach. I, I think Williams is continuing to become more and more of their workhorse guy, which I did anticipate heading into the season. Um, I think less of Melvin Gordon. So we kind of have to let all these things kind of come together. And so we do have to be patient with it. Do you have more concern than I do? I don't have a ton of concern because I've watched these Bronco games, you know, and they haven't been great games to watch. But one thing that you've noticed is just how a mess they are with all of the little things. If you can't do the little things right, you cannot do the big things right. You know, double digit penalties in both games so far this season. And there were times where I don't know what Nathaniel Hackett's doing. There was a there was a play where they didn't have a punt returner back on a punt on Sunday and they had to call a timeout. There was a play where they got a delay of game. So then they got moved back five yards instead of kicking a 55 yard field goal. They decided to punt the ball. Just silly, silly things where it's like, all right, come on. These are just points you are wasting away by not knowing how much time is left on the play clock or not knowing the personnel that's supposed to be on the field. First time head coach, first time Russell Wilson's away from Pete Carroll in Denver. A lot of young players on the team outside of Russell Wilson on offense. I think they're going to figure it out. It may take some time. So if you can buy low on a lot of the Denver guys, I think that'd be a great trade strategy to get a Cortland Agreed. Sutton or to get a Javante Williams. Um, but you know what? It, it may be rough to watch right now, but I think they will figure it out. They're all smart people. They're in the NFL. They have jobs for a reason. They'll be able to figure out the penalties and the little, you know, small mistakes they're making and turn it around. The other thing, I think they're playing down to their competition. They play down to Seattle. They play down to Houston. Wait till they start playing the Chargers and the Chiefs. They're going to have to score points. They're going to have to light it up. And, and I hope that Wilson rises to that occasion. And I'm, I'm banking. On he, he does. So, so we'll see. All right. Two other quarterbacks. There's some concern following. Well, for Joe Burrow, almost two weeks of uh, not, not great. And then cousins up and down. Uh, are you panicking in regards to either of those teams or those quarterbacks? Again, I'm not panicking for Joe Burrow. I know a lot of people are in the Bengals in total. I might be panicking about, but the offense I think will end up being fine. You know, a lot was made about how this offseason they completely revamped their entire O-line to protect Joe Burrow. Yet Joe Burrow was on pace to get sacked twice as much this season as he was last year. You know, I think that's because when you put an entirely new offensive line together, there's a lot of chemistry involved in that. Guys, you know, figuring out what's going on. It's the first time that they're really all playing together. I think it's going to take a couple of weeks for him to get acclimated to Joe Burrow, his play style. And there's just too many weapons on the Cincinnati Bengals offense for them not to produce. You know, even though they've had tough times, T. Higgins has had, you know, good games. Jamar Chase has had good. There's, like, there's been production on offense despite the wins not coming. So I, I'm holding out hope for Joe Burrow and the Bengals that, like the Broncos, a lot of new additions, they'll figure it out. I wasn't willing to pay the premium for Bengals players this year, so I'm not as connected with them. Um, so I, thankfully, I'm not having to ride the, the roller coaster as much. Uh, I do have Joe Burrow in a, in a keeper league, but 
Uh, so I'd like to see him get going a little bit more for sure, especially since I lost Trey Lance. All right, let's jump into what we're convinced of and would love to hear from uh, listeners as well. What are you convinced of following two weeks? And I'm going to continue. I've, I've said this over and over. I'm convinced the Bucks are still a mess, and I'm convinced Tom Brady won't finish the season. It was ugly on Sunday. They won, I know, but it is it is bad. It's weird. Bruce Arians is now on the sidelines. What's he doing? He got Mike Evans suspended. I, I, I don't want these wide receivers. I actually picked up Russell Gage, and then I dropped them. I don't, I don't want any bucks. I don't want to deal with it. Um, now they picked up Cole Beasley. It, it's just it's just weird down there, um, even though they're 2-0. I'm also convinced that the Colts will bounce back. I made it clear with Jonathan Taylor. Michael Pittman being out week two was, was very costly, and, and it, I've got him on a team. Would have loved to have had him out there. Uh, but he's supposed to be back in week three. Hopefully he can get healthy. Um, and I think that will that will be the difference. Same with our conversation about Denver. Matt Ryan's new to Indy. Give it a few weeks. Let's be a little more patient. I mean, you can't score zero points. It's unacceptable. But, but give him a little time. So I'm convinced the Colts will bounce back. All right, what are you convinced of today, Harrison? I'm convinced that what we've seen so far from the Bills and the Eagles, it's not a fluke. We will have a Bills-Eagles Super Bowl, and this country's infrastructure is not ready. Glendale, Arizona is not ready for Bills and Eagles fans to be mobbing their stadium when someone either wins or loses the Super Bowl. You got Bills fans jumping off of, you know, three-story buildings through tables. You got Eagles fans climbing telephone poles. They got to bring the National Guard or the Marines or the Space Force or something. They got to, I don't know what they're going to do when these two fan bases meet in Arizona for the Super Bowl. It's going to be absolutely wild. Uh, that's, that's a good take. And, and both were so impressive last night. That was, those were amazing offenses. And I loved, for the record, the, the doubleheader on Monday Night Football. I thought it was awesome. The staggered start. I'm all in. I'm shocked that people didn't like it. I, like, I know the games ended up not being awesome, um, but I loved having options. Two, I, was, I had two TVs rolling. I was loving life. Are you kidding me? Um, a couple quick comments from our listeners. Uh, Daniel says, I'm convinced the San Fran offense will be better with Jimmy G than it would have been with Lance. I think that's fair. Um, and then it looks like Greg asks, I was offered Mike Evans, Kittle, ETN for Camara. Allen Robinson, Elijah Moore. His tight ends are Komet and Tunyon. Oof, I don't like any of those players. That's, <laughs> like, I, those are all just three players who have underperformed for three players who have underperformed. Yeah, that is a really tough trade. Um, I mean, at that point, I think you just you just might have to stick with with who you've got and hope that they can. There's so much uncertainty in that trade package. I know I'd rather I believe more in ETN among all those players. I want ETN and actually Kittle getting him cheap at this point to Daniel's point about Jimmy G. Uh, if Kittle can ever get healthy and out there, he might be all right for you. So, yeah, uh, I completely agree because the knock on Kittle was how are we going to see him in this offense with Trey Lance? Now that's that right. that's out of the question, we know how Kittle performed with Jimmy Garoppolo. So I think Kittle, you know, he hasn't played the first two weeks. I think he's going to have a huge boost and you could probably get him for really cheap right now. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we'll wrap up with this. Uh, we'll do a little pick him up. So uh, waiver wires, who are you picking up uh, this week? Who are you targeting? 
So Daryl Williams is the first guy I'm targeting running back for the Arizona Cardinals. James Connors out with an ankle injury. We've seen Daryl Williams in the past. Last year, he was a top running back for Kansas City when he would have to step in for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I think he's going to have a, a pretty solid week this week. And then also looking at Russell Gage for Tampa Bay. Mike Evans is out next week. Russell Gage now somehow has found his way to be the number one receiver in the offense. He may not go crazy. I know you're out on Tampa Bay, but I, I feel like it's pretty safe to assume he'll have a nice five for 60, you know, maybe score a touchdown. He'll probably put up, you know, 13, 14 points. So I think that would be a good flex play this week. If you're desperate, if you're desperate. All right, I'll go the opposite. I'll take Eno Benjamin. How about that? So in Arizona, it seems like he was favored coming out of, of training camp, kind of the offseason. So he might get that first look uh, if, if Connor's out. And, and so it'll probably be a little bit more of a timeshare. But uh, Benjamin coming out of the backfield a little bit more. So I'll, I'll lean him. And then also Nico Collins in Houston showed what he was capable of. So he's a nice number two to Brandon Cooks. And, and Houston's okay. They're not, they're not a terrible team. They're not going to win a lot of games, but they, they've been uh, all right offensively. Davis Mills. Uh, has been a, a solid quarterback for them. And and Cooks had a nice game. Collins, there's enough there, enough uh, targets available for both of those guys to be fantasy relevant. And so I think Collins is still available uh, in a lot of leagues. So go snag him. Uh, real quick, Mike Gasecki, I'm still out on him. One big touchdown doesn't change that for me. Uh, you shake your head, so you're out on him. Yeah, too, I'm, so. I'm out on Gasecki. And then I got one more receiver too who, you know, he was drafted in pretty much every league, but after two terrible weeks, Kadarius Tony might be on waivers this week. He's only had two touches in each game. You know, I was a Kadarius Tony believer. It's a little bit discouraging how bad he's been, but he was banged up going into the season. We knew this. He's had, when he's gotten the ball, he's looked good. He's had a couple big plays, come back for come back because of penalties. I believe that in a couple of weeks, you're going to see, you know, seven reception for a hundred yard game from Kadarius Tony. And everyone's going to be like, oh, I can't believe I dropped him week three. So if he gets dropped, pick him up, just stash him on your bench. I'm not saying start him, but I believe in the coming weeks, he will get involved in the Giants offense. Dable's a smart guy. Kadarius Tony is probably the most electrifying receiver they have there. He's going to get the ball eventually when he's fully healthy. Speaking of the Giants, who just knocked out my, my Panthers. Don't panic just yet on CMC and DJ Moore. I know the offense is bleak. It's ugly, but they have to wake up. The Panthers have to wake up and realize these two guys are are too good. We got to get the ball in their hands. And so I'm I'm counting on this silly Panther staff to uh, to wake up and understand they need the ball. So DJ Moore did get into the end zone, which was nice, but he needs more targets, needs more catches. Figure it out. Let's go. So I'm not I'm not willing to sell those guys just yet. All right, Harrison, great show. The Again, the encouragement is don't panic in fantasy and in life, and more importantly, uh, as we follow Jesus, let's uh, trust in him, find our peace in him, and and so uh, let's not get so caught up in, in, in worry and panic that it causes us to then make other poor decisions. So uh, be encouraged today. Have a great rest of your week. Enjoy all of the games once again. How many of these players are going to do it again? Will the Dolphins do it again? I don't know. It's going to be fun to see. Dolphins, Bills, wow, that's going to be, that's going to be wild. Uh, it's only two weeks in the fantasy season. Week three is sort of that determining one for me because if teams have been up and down or players have been up and down through two weeks, what do they do week three? Then it gives us a little more clarity. We'll see. All right, well, have a great one. I'm Bryce. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected, and through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me 
as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast presented by MetaShare. 